0: As a brief reminder, we're looking at the Master's way of living, using the Master Teacher, Jesus, as our example, which is a way of living that recognizes our oneness. It's not from living from the why me or mortal consciousness where I am a victim of life, nor is it living from the by me or metaphysician's consciousness where I am empowered and realize I'm not a victim and in fact there is a universal law that responds to the direct impress of my thoughts and acts upon it. To quote Ernest Holmes, but as said, where I can get stuck either in the materiality of it all or in the thinking that I am the one who has to make it happened. It isn't even through me or mystic level where I begin to relive from a consciousness that God works through me. This is a powerful place to be. But there is more. It is the place of as me or master consciousness where I realize and live from the realization that God walks as me, that I am a direct and perfect expression of divine energy or divine source, the Master Teacher, Jesus, realized and lived from this place. It's the final ingredient in the Master's level living. Thomas Merton, an American Catholic monk and mystic, once said the spiritual life is first of all a life. It is not merely something to be known and studied, it is to be lived. Master level of living means looking at day to day events differently. How so? Well, that is our final ingredient for this series. And we take a cue from our master teacher who said judge not by appearances, but judge by righteous judgment. So, exactly what does this mean? When we are judged by appearances, we're looking at a condition we don't like and we say, hmm, this is bad. Be it a diagnosis, a relationship that's challenging us, a work experience that is tough, or an economic situation we cannot quite see our way through. But if God is present everywhere, and we believe that is true, and have talked about that several times this month, and every month for that matter, that even in the midst of that which I'm not liking, even in the midst of that which I don't want, God is present. Whether I see it or not, righteous judgment says, I recognize that that is the truth. In The Science of Mind, on page 187, Ernest Holmes wrote, During the process of life, many things may happen that appear to be destructive. We may pass through good fortune and bad, but if we can come to the point where we are not disturbed by things, we have found the secret. If, as Jesus said, we judge not according to appearances, but judge righteous judgment if i repeat we can judge in this manner out of any chaos we can produce harmony that's powerful listen to it again out of any chaos we can approve produce harmony master's level living Says that we know it's all God, so it is all good. All. 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 Yeah. Master's level living is the opportunity for me to claim the good, even though I don't yet see it. Huh. In The Science of Mind, page 185, Holmes wrote, let us learn to see as God must with a perfect vision. Let us seek the good and the true and believe in them with our whole heart even though everyone we meet is filled with suffering and limitation appears at all sides. We cannot afford to believe in imperfection for a moment, for a single second. To do so is to doubt God. It is to believe in a power apart from God to believe in another creator. Let us say daily to ourselves, perfect God within me, perfect life within me, which is God, come forth into expression through me as that which I am. Lead me ever into paths of perfection and cause me to see only the good. These lines have been a meditation mantra for, for me for many, many years. And I used to think that last time, cause me to see only the good, meant to only focus on the good I see around me. You know, take the best and bless the rest. But now I believe it to mean for me to see the good, only the good, in everything. It means that in order for me to actually experience the greater good, I must interact with everything I see as if it were good. We sometimes say it's all God, so it's all good. More as wishful thinking than as a proclamation of truth. Have you ever noticed that? Well, it's all God, so it's all good. Did my tone of voice sound like I believed that? No, it's all God, so it's all good. When I'm living at the master's level, I say those words as a proclamation of truth, and I actually believe them. When you say those words in your heart, in your mind, out loud, are you saying them as a declaration of truth? It's all God, so it's all good. a whole different feeling isn't it? One of the things I found very early in in my teens, I suppose, I studied hypnotism for quite a while, uh, not that wacky stuff they talk about on in the movies, but hypnotism of learning, of thought, of positive thinking, of creating with the mind, which is very often quite like mental science or metaphysics it is showing that you don't have to be in charge of all of that you simply have to know and believe when i'm living at the master's level i say those words as a as a proclamation of truth and i actually do believe them it's all good all the time How do we practice that? Well, to start off with, we become a voice for the good. We don't become a voice for what's wrong. There are lots of people doing that, wasting their time. Don't be a voice for how awful it is. Don't be a voice for fear, spreading it into your families and workplace and world. Rather, be a place where the voice for good, the voice for hope, the voice for praise can be heard. Try that on. And notice what happens in your life and in your perception of good. Your interest and interact with the good and your awareness of it becomes amplified. It amplifies and grows and becomes more and more. And as we interact with the good, as we recognize it, more good is revealed. When we hold our attention on good, when we speak of the good, the good gets better. The good gets wider. The good gets more visible. The good that before we couldn't even recognize becomes clear and visible. And that is master level living. I told you the story many years ago about a woman in a small town who had the wonderful, wonderful habit of always doing good and being good. Everyone said she couldn't say anything negative. She could only quote the positive. One day, in the small town, the man that had the sad title of the town drunk died. And when they had the funeral, this lady came to the funeral. And everyone else in the town was looking to see what she could say about this drunk, this man who always had time for booze and parties, but not much for helping others. This guy who never went to church, that had a little criminal record. What could she possibly say about him When they were leaving the gravesite, people sidled up to him, and as, he, as she left, she was heard to say, Well, he always whistled well. Can you do that? Can you find something good about everyone? Something good about your life? Something good about what is happening now? Remember what I said. When you speak of the good, the good gets greater. The good gets wider. The good gets more visible. The good that before we couldn't even recognize becomes clear and visible in master's level living. So now we take this final ingredient, combine it with all we've discussed this month, which will be our exam in just a moment, and then move to the fifth level of evolution. Remember, the four before are why me, the mortal level, by me, metaphysical level, as the metaphysician which you are, through me, the mystic level that happens beyond you and around you, as me, realizing your mastership of these brilliant principles. And we thought that was it, but it isn't. There's another one, and that is beyond me. No, I don't mean beyond me as in, I don't know, it's beyond me. As in, it's about more than me. We're going to call it the messenger. One who chooses not to keep their brilliance, their gifts, their insights, their spiritual depths and wisdom their abundance, their love to themselves, but desire in a completely and totally unselfish, unconditional way to give it to the world. And isn't that a true recognition of oneness? Through Siva, or sacred service, we reenact the loving givingness of God and therefore touch on our own divine nature. In The Art of Being, Dennis Merritt Jones wrote on page 52, Make no mistake about it. Service is not something you only do in your spare time. Every person in your life is there as an opportunity for you to remember why you have come to earth. Think about that. Every person in your life is there as an opportunity for you to remember why you have come to earth. I wish I'd read this when I was in my single digits still because I had several times when people would pass on or conflict where I could use that information. Everything that happened there was for me. Every person, every event, every circumstance I encountered offered me a gift. Yet another chance to love, to serve, and to remember to love. That's why you are here. I love this note from the notes from the universe. It is no accident that when you look closely into the eyes of another, the very first thing you see is yourself. That when you hold their hand, you can feel your own warmth. And that when you give of yourself, you give to yourself. Because, quite simply, both you and they or me. So let's get it started. Uh-huh. The universe. And that is our fifth evolution stage. Going beyond me to be the messenger of love, of light, and truth. And now for those who have successfully completed your Master's in Spirituality program, Congratulations. We honor your dedication and commitment and we have a graduation ceremony. If you haven't been here every Sunday or if you have been here every Sunday, you can honestly say you have done the assignments each week. You may please stand and receive your diploma. Now, I'm not going to ask you to come up the steps here. That could be a little dangerous. So just stand right where you are and we'll get the, uh, the Diploma King to bring them forward. You have them ah, ahead of me. So let us anchor the joy and celebration of this day in prayer. Think of that for you. For you have worked and grown and become in this time of specialness of magic, something that you can be that no one else can until they walk your path and you walk theirs. You may sit down if you want to. I, I want to go with a little further with you. About six miles from Maastricht in the Netherlands, I buried 8,301 American soldiers. Who died in Operation Market Garden in the battle to liberate Holland in the fall and winter of 1944? Every one of the men buried in the cemetery, as well as those in the Canadian and British military cemeteries, has been adopted by a Dutch family who mined the graves, decorate them and keep alive the memory of the soldier. They have adopted. It is even the custom to keep a portrait of their American soldier in a place of honor in their home. Annually, on Liberation Day, memorial services are held for the men who died to liberate Holland. The day concludes with a concert. The fa- concert piece is always Il Silenzio a memorial piece commissioned by the Dutch and first played in 1965 on the 20th anniversary of Holland's liberation. It has been the concluding piece of the memorial concert ever since. The year is 2014. The soloist is a 13-year-old Dutch girl, Melissa Venema, backed by Andre Rio and his orchestra, the Royal Orchestra of the Netherlands. This beautiful concert piece is based upon the original version of Taps and was composed by the Italian composer Nino Rossi. Think about these things as you're going through into Memorial Day. Remember those and remind those of our sacrifice and don't confuse arrogance with leadership. The count is 104,366 dead, brave Americans. And we have to watch others apologize to Europe and the Middle East that our country is arrogant. How many French, Dutch, Italians, Belgians are buried in our soil after defending us against our enemies. We don't ask for praise, but we have absolutely no need to apologize. You think about this. Think about the great impact of this simple time of remembrance. This period of peace and growth, of loving one another and living those words God is good all the time. And let that be your mantra in life. In your commitment to each other. In your time of talking to each other. In your time of becoming. God is good all the time. And let that grow in your heart always. When we're doing as they're doing down here and singing and practicing words and joy. God is good all the time. When you see children playing, can you think of anything else? God is good all the time. If someone makes a mistake, can you say, well, that was for a purpose. Now you've learned from it. God is good all the time. Let yourself be that joy, that love, That peace that is ours, as we say, and so it is.